Welcome to Success Grid, the place for sharing entrepreneurial stories, knowledge, and wisdom to educate and inspire you to always strive to raise your standards in your business and your life. With your host, Hussein Talib. Hey, Success Grid Insiders, and thank you for joining me for another episode of the Success Grid Podcast where I have inspiring interviews with entrepreneurs, business owners, coaches, and authors. Are you on the mailing list? If not, you are missing your chance to win a success grade t-shirt that I give to one lucky subscriber every Saturday. If you like to take your chance in winning the free t-shirt, go to successgrid.net or successgrid.com to join Great Insiders. If you enjoy this free podcast, please show your support by heading to successgrid.com or successgrid.net and click on podcast at the top of the page. And don't listen on Apple Podcasts where you can leave a rating and review. And to show my appreciation for your hopefully 5 star rating and review, I will give you a shout out at the start of the upcoming episode to tell the world how amazing you are. Now, prepare to raise your standards. Welcome to a new episode with the Success Grid podcast with me, Hussein. I am very excited for this one. I have John Levasse here with me, aka the Pitch Whisperer, is a sales keynote speaker where he shows companies' sales teams how to turn mundane case studies into compelling case stories. He's also the host of the Successful Pitch podcast. John has been interviewed by the Larry King. So, John, are you ready to enter the grid? Let's go! Awesome, let's go. So I gave a little intro about you. Why don't you give us a little more about who you are and what you do? Sure. Well... You know how there's so many salespeople out there. Some of them are independent coaches or professional services like lawyers, accountants, insurance salespeople, and they all are drowning in a sea of sameness. People just perceive them to all be the same. Mm -hmm. And what I do as the pitch whisperer is oftentimes companies will bring me in to speak at their annual sales meetings. And I also work with people in a group setting who are entrepreneurs and need some help on telling a story because whoever tells the best story becomes memorable and magnetic. You're pulling people in as opposed to pushing people out. And so storytelling solves a lot of problems for people who really don't like selling and feel like it's pushy. Well, this makes you magnetic and pull people in. Yeah. So this is what you talked about. This is what sales today, mostly. Because I actually worked in what they call direct selling or something like that. Like you took the discount coupons and you go knocking on doors. You go to a whole neighborhood and go knocking. Do you like this? Do you want this? It's a discount. It's good for you. It's good for you. It's like pushy. You don't know what the customer wants. He's there at home not expecting you. Right. Yeah, so so this is the whole concept you are talking about here, right? It's not like that. It shouldn't be like this at all. And, you know, sometimes when people reach out to people on LinkedIn, they jump the gun. They go, hi, this is who I am. Do you want to buy? And there's a whole <laughs> really? process yeah, <laughs> of, uh, you know, you know, nobody asks people on a coffee date to marry them typically. And yet people are struggling. Uh, maybe if they're as handsome as you are, they can get away with that. But uh, for us mere <laughs> mortals, you we can't do that. Um, so, um, you know, there's, it's a journey that you go on with people. Yeah, exactly. So the 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 story is about not the person who's selling; it's about the 
someone is receiving the the value? Yes. Great question. So when you tell a story, you are not the hero of your story. Yeah. Your client that you've helped is the hero. And you're almost like Yoda in Star Wars or a Sherpa helping somebody climb a mountain. <laughs> and the whole goal is that when you're describing a story of someone you've helped, that the other person sees themselves in the story. Would you like an example? Yeah, sure. Of course. Uh, I was working with a healthcare tech company and I said, what are you saying now to doctors to get them to buy your equipment? And they're like, oh, you know, oh, it makes the surgeries go 30% faster. Do you want one? <laughs> well, that's a very left brain analytical. There's no emotion and people buy emotionally and then back it up with logic. Yeah. So then I, you know, I asked them some questions. I'm like, what does it even mean? 30% faster compared to what we don't. So we got some specifics and now they tell this case story. Imagine how happy Dr. Higgins was six months ago using our equipment in Long Beach Memorial and he could go out to the patient's family in the waiting room an hour earlier than expected. And if you've ever waited for someone you love to come out of surgery, you know every minute feels like an hour. And he put them out of their waiting misery and said, good news, the scope shows they don't have cancer, they're going to be fine. And then the doctor turns to the rub and says, you know, that's why I became a doctor for moments <laughs> like this. So now they tell that little story to another doctor at another hospital yeah. who sees themselves in the story and says, you know what? That's why I became a doctor. I want your equipment too. Yeah. yeah. And the client said, wow, that gives us goosebumps. Never occurred to us to make a patient's family a character in a story. So all mm. of that, the, the doctor is clearly the hero in the story. Mm. Uh, great, great connection between the, well, what they can, the equipment might do for the patient and the patient is being part of the story. It's not about the, the equipment itself. It's about helping the people who need the equipment. This is the purpose. On the, on a, right. Yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. So what type of stories should we tell like is it about us like uh, like about the doctor is it about the patient who's uh, is it about the hospital for example whose yes. story should we tell about well there's three kinds of um times you, you first you tell your own story yeah when you meet people you know um you have to tell why you're so passionate about something your own story of origin if you will yeah cool you, and so depending on where you are in the whole sales process if you're just meeting someone for the first time you know you would say to a doctor this is my mom was a nurse that's why i got into this business um or i was a microbiologist i just didn't want to spend my life behind a microscope whatever it is that gives them a little sense of who you are mm. and then you want to also tell the story of the company even if it's just a one-person company the company has a story of origin. You know, we're called this. Our ver our values are this. A little bit of the culture fit. And then when someone says, well, tell me about what you do or what you have or product you have, that's when you tell a case story. Mm. And in this situation, um, you make the hero of the story whoever's the person that's going to buy your equipment in this case. Yeah, cool. So we took that, like, there's three types of stories, the story about the person, the story mm -hmm. about the company, even it's a one-man show, and the story about the business itself, right? Exactly. Yeah. So uh, what makes a story a good one? And when to use the story? What's the time to use the story? Is it like in the beginning of of the business? Or yeah. what, when exactly that should be going? Well, you have two questions there. The first one is what makes a good story? Yeah. A good story has four elements. Cool. The first one is exposition. You think of yourself like a journalist. The who, what, where, when. 
you notice in that case story of Olympus Medical, I described that they were, it was a doctor who gave the doctor's name, the location, how long ago it was. So we, we have a sense of where we are now. Yeah. Then you describe a problem. Exactly. And the problem needs to have some stakes that are fairly high. Yeah. So people care. And you'll notice how I just pulled you into the story by saying, if you've ever waited for someone you love yeah. to come out of surgery. So now people are imagining themselves yeah. in the yeah. story. It's, it's, it's re re very re relatable. Yes. And when you tug at people's heartstrings, they open the purse strings. Yeah, exactly. And then the solution is he comes out and tells that the scope, you know, results of the surgery. But this, the, so and that's the third step, the solution. But the fourth step is the secret, the resolution. This is the most important thing. The final step is the resolution, not the solution. So, yeah, exactly. so yeah, so the, the resolution is the results. That yeah, the doctor get. saying that's why I became a doctor for moments like this. Yeah, exactly. For the, Otherwise, for the, we just told the story and the patient was fine. It's not nearly as impactful. Imagine yeah. if the Wizard of Oz ended when Dorothy got in the balloon to go back to Kansas. Yeah. No, there's a resolution in that movie where she says, oh, my gosh, there's no place like home. And you were there. And I learned so much about what's important. That's the resolution why that movie story is such a classic. Yeah. So that's the four keys of how you make sure your story has all those elements. Yeah. Um, how to, when to use them. When to use them. Well, you need to start thinking of your brain as a playlist. Okay. You want to have multiple stories available. <laughs> so depending on who you're talking to, okay. you would pull out a different story, just like you would do a different song. Yeah. So you're like, oh, I've got a story about someone who's a lot like you, the similar age, similar situation, what have you. So you, you tell the story. Well, you know, the sales process has rapport building. Yeah. And even an elevator pitch I've converted into an elevator story. Yeah. That's the beginning cool. of yeah, the conversation yeah. when you people the whole goal is to get people intrigued enough to say, Wow, tell me more. Exactly. Because when they say they tell me more, they want to be involved. They want to be yeah. in it. And it's our job to intrigue them with something that makes them ask that question. Yeah, exactly. Uh, like like I watched the movie uh, uh, Bernie about the Bernie that died. Um, so I, yeah, so I, there is a scene he, he's talking inside his mind between him and the client that wants to invest like billions of dollars. He, so he says, the the one who speaks first is going yeah. to lose. Oh yes, that's a very old myth about yeah. selling. Yeah. And so I have a new technique for people. Instead of it being a um, a contest of who, you know, after you ask someone, do you want to buy? Yeah. Um, the the old way of doing it was just to wait and whoever spoke. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so now I tell people after you say to somebody, let's say you're trying to sell someone a home, and you know you've shown them around and you say, does it seem like the kind of home you'd like? It's a closing question, right? Mm -hmm. Instead of just trying to bite your tongue and, and say, I'm not going to say anything, I give people a little affirmation, a mantra, if you will, to say this to themselves three times. I am patient and calm. Mm -hmm. I've had real estate agents double their sales by using oh, that. Cool. Because the person feels that. He's welcome. Trying not to speak, yeah. people can feel that tension. But if you're like, I'm patient and calm while you make your decision. Mm. Or think of a question you might have. Exactly. And so getting, here's the secret. Confident people 
are comfortable with silence. Cool. <laughs> Confident people are comfortable with silence. Yes. <laughs> and it's because you're not attached to the outcome. Yeah. If this person says no, someone else will say yes. It's fun, yes. It would be cool. I think the purpose of selling whatever it is that anyone's selling is to serve. The first thing is to serve and to give value to. Now, the question, the, the answer is yes or no. As you said, maybe someone says no, someone else will say yes. Exactly. Exactly. So I read uh, your uh, PDF, Top Storytelling Sales Secrets. Yes. So there was, like you mentioned, <laughs> the movie 16 Blocks. Mm. And I loved it. Uh, the, the thing, I haven't watched the movie, so I don't know what exactly, but this is what happened. Cool. So I was reading. I wanted to, as I was reading, well, I do definitely want uh, the old lady to take her to a hospital or something. But then <laughs> when I went down, wow, that's cool. A new concept, new perspective. Okay, my friend, I'll give him the car to go drive the old lady to save her life. And I will stay with the one who might be my soulmate. Should we um, give the listeners a, a perception of what we're talking about? Yeah, definitely. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So imagine that it's a dark and stormy night. Yeah. And you're in a two-seater car and you pull up and you see three people huddled under a bus shop. Yeah. Your soulmate, who if you don't take to the uh, with you, you'll never meet again. The other is your best friend who saved your life last year. And there's an old lady dying. Who do you save? Is it the old lady? Is it your best friend who you sort of want, or is it your soulmate? So this is an exercise I have people do, and it's all about lateral thinking. And so people go into little breakout rooms or workshops and come back to a group who they're going to save. And then I say, you know, one option is to get out of the car and give the keys to your best friend and let your best friend drive the old lady to the hospital. And you stand in the rain with your soulmate and say, are right, we going to have a wonderful story of how we met? Cool. <laughs> And that, <laughs> and straining, you know, it's kind of romantic. <laughs> yes. So, but it's the premise of we yeah. get ourselves boxed into options. Yeah, exactly. So lateral thinking is a concept that allows you to think: what could we do that we're not currently doing? Is there another option that's not obvious? Yeah, exactly. We should be looking like uh, meta, I think. Yeah. Yes, and just looking for different ways to um, approach a solution. Yeah, yeah, cool. So <clears throat> the people who tell the best stories get the sale, right? This is what you think. This is what we are talking about here. Like the yeah. old, the old selling technique is done. The old way of just pushing out information and hoping it sticks is done. Yes, people mm. are much more sophisticated today. Yeah, exactly. Um, and. You know, you keep pushing out information. The, uh, part of that's based on the belief that, oh, people have to know, like, and trust you before they buy. Yeah, exactly. And so, oh, well, you got to get to know me. Let me push out a bunch of information about me and my company and my product. You need probably one more piece of information that's going to make you say yes. Let me just keep pushing information out on you. Yeah. And you just have to realize it starts from the gut. It's a gut. We got to trust you first. Yeah, and then it's exactly. a heart. We have to like you. And then it goes to the head. And here's the secret. The unspoken question everybody has when you're pitching anything is, will this work for me? Yeah. And if they can't yeah. see themselves in the story, they're not going to buy. They might trust and like you, but yeah. if they can't see whatever you're selling working for them, 
That's why the importance of storytelling yeah. is lets people see themselves in the story. Yeah, they want to see themselves in the place of the person who's telling the story or how, how, how the story ends basically in a good way. Yes, I am in. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, if you just push out a bunch of facts about how a bunch of people have made yeah, all that, the time, yeah, uh, we, we learned. Like, we learned well, it's good for them, but I don't think it would work for me. They're not yeah, Exactly. We learned a lot in university and college uh, about numbers and how to, when you want to sell the, that, like, we have the best product because it's cheaper. We have the best product because it's, we have best customer service. Uh, these things now may be irrelevant that much because there might be a higher priced product people go for because the person who, who's there telling a story and giving more value to the people and want their benefit at the end of the, of the road. Yes. The other thing that a story does besides making you memorable, because if you just push out facts, people forget half of it. Right <laughs> after you stop, yeah. Is they can remember a story. Yeah. And not all, but they can also share the story with other people yeah, exactly. that might be involved in the decision. Yeah, exactly. So this is, you can start a story with maybe starting with what if? That's also a great way to um, paint a picture. Yeah. I've used it to um, handle an objection. When I was calling on Speedo, when I was selling a f ads for a fashion magazine, um, I said to them, oh, you're coming out with a line of sportswear. Would you consider advertising it with the fashion magazine I'm representing? They said, no, we're going to be in a fitness magazine. Okay. And then I said, what if? Exactly. We pay. We just treated your, you know, sportswear like it was high fashion. We could have a fashion show with models wearing it around a hotel swimming pool, and at the time, Michael Phelps was on their payroll for a spokesperson for the Whoa, Olympics. Cool. And I said, invite Michael Phelps. Wow. Oh. Get all kinds of publicity, and um, so that's how I use the what if to get a no to a yes. Yeah. So, so what makes a good pitch? When someone wants to pitch, I saw when I saw the entrepreneurs elevator pitch, I see a half of the guys gets rejected by like half of the way up. So what yes. makes a good pitch? Well, there's three C's. The first one is you must be clear. Yeah. Uh, don't use acronyms. If you confuse people, they say no. And they're not going to tell you they're confused. So clear is the first one. Concise. It's not a 10-minute invitation, typically, to talk and talk and talk. Yeah, it's and like 60 seconds, maybe. Yeah. Uh, and then the third part is compelling. And that's Ooh. where storytelling and emotions come in. Exactly. So a good pitch should be clear, concise, and compelling. Awesome. Three Cs. Three Cs. And you should have that written down. Yeah. And when you practice your pitch in front of people, you do that as a little checklist awesome that's an awesome three tips so i heard you talk about something called the business friend zone oh yes yeah this is the first time i have heard that <laughs> what's that right well we all know what the friend zone is on dating <laughs> yeah right and we get stuck and it's really hard to get out of the friend zone at dating like ah, i see you as a friend it's never going to be anything more so in the business situation it happens all the time to salespeople um where they go you know i'm interested send me some information yeah and they get all excited the salespeople. oh i'm gonna get a sale and then yeah. they expect it. and then you say, no. <laughs> uh. so i say you're basically stuck at the friend zone at work <laughs> and that's where storytelling can really come in to help you get out of that 
because you could always then follow that up with a story that intrigues people to go, oh, maybe I should be, you know, a little more than just interested. Interested doesn't get you to action. Yeah. You want to get people to go from I'm interested to I'm in. I am in. Definitely, that's the required thing from the salespeople to do. Mm -hmm. To serve, to get the yes for them. So this is how, how salespeople get the yes for the sale. Telling better stories. Yeah. Tugging at the heartstrings. Getting yeah. people to see themselves in the story. Oh, cool. Yeah, exactly. So <clears throat> you are called the pitch whisperer. So mm -hmm. the, the perfect pitch elevator, how to do this? We talked about this maybe, like, but, but is it always uh, required to have this three Cs? Yes. Yeah, your elevator it? pitch, yeah. elevator story, every story you tell should have, be clear, concise, and compelling. No, but, but why are you called the pitch whisperer? Oh, well, I was... Um being interviewed by Inc. Magazine, and I was telling a story of when Anthem Insurance was deciding whether to hire me or not to speak to their sales team. Yeah. And they said, after the talk, we're going to have an improvisation session and have people from the audience shout out objections and people are going to be up on stage role-playing, being the doctor and people being from Anthem Insurance. And I said, what if yes. I stayed <laughs> after my talk uh -huh. And I would um, whisper in their ear if they got stuck because uh -huh. improvisation is all about yes and keeping things going. Yeah. And they said, oh my gosh, we would love that. And it turned out to be the reason I got selected as a speaker. And then people loved, said, oh, can you be in my ear all the time when I have a question I don't know how to answer? And so I told that story to an Inc. magazine reporter and they said, wow, you're the pitch whisperer. <laughs> so that's, sure. how that, that's how that came about. Awesome. So uh, there are five crucial ranks you call? Yes. I talk about having a roadmap. In addition to becoming a great storyteller, um, there's a roadmap because the old way of doing it is to do projections. Oh, I've got this many people at 90% are going to buy this 50-50. I've got this many people and maybe another 50 or 100 people at 20%. Then you do all the numbers. And you come up with a projection of the sales for the week and the month and the quarter. The problem is nobody thinks of themselves as a percentage. Uh -huh. mm. So I tell people to put on your empathy hat and start seeing things through how a potential buyer sees you. Are you invisible? They've never heard of you. <laughs> um, or are you just insignificant, which is, I don't know what's worse. And then <laughs> interesting, we talked about. Yeah. And then next up is intrigue them. What would it look like if we had Michael Phelps and a fashion show, you know, yeah. said to me, they were intrigued. And then finally, at the very top is irresistible. Yeah. And these are the customers that love you. They give you referrals. But like any yeah. relationship, we need to take care of those people and not take yeah. it for granted. Yeah. So how do you know where we are on the ladder as a salespeople? Like you said, maybe the first one, <laughs> these two, two steps are tough to, to, to be in. Yeah. But how do you know that we are now in the... Final, final rug, fifth rug. Well, I think it's usually fairly obvious if no one's heard of you or your product or your company, you know yeah. you're invisible to them. And if someone says to you, oh, I'm, that's insignificant to me, I'm not interested in buying life insurance, I'm 20 years old. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or someone says, oh, send me information, I'm interested. That's obvious where you are. Yeah. 
and then intrigued, people go, well, how would that work? Tell me more. And then, of course, irresistible is, I'm in. This is fantastic. Cool. So speaking of these five, how can someone build a certain and specific category to distinguish their business from the other competition? Again, it all comes back to storytelling. Yeah. When you have a story of what makes you different and why other people have chosen you versus your competition, yeah. that's what people remember and can say, oh, that makes sense. I Now that's my criteria. Yeah, cool. So so invincible isn't that bad. We can consider it a first step to stepping up, right? No, no, you can say that, yeah, I am at the bottom and I don't, I'm not going to do this. It's going to intrigue people to tell stories. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so uh, how do you get, how do you win spot speaking at big, com- big companies for improving their sales, yourself? How do I get selected as a speaker? Yeah. Well, oftentimes people will either um, hear me on a podcast or they will um, have watched my TEDx talk, Be the Lifeguard of Your Own Life. Awesome. Or they often search the internet for storytelling salespeople, uh, that speakers. Um, that's a big topic that people are seeking. Or I have a speaking agent that gets a lot of inquiries. And um, mm. typically, then it comes down to me on a phone call or a Zoom call with people. And there, it's usually between me and another speaker or maybe two other speakers. And again, it's I tell that story of, what I did for Anthem Insurance. Mm. And I take them on the same rug. So by the time people are talking to me, they're at least interested to talk yeah. to me about being a speaker. So there's and, more coming into it. And then I need to get them to intriguing and have them picture something like me staying and being available for an improvisation session and what that would do. Mm. And then that makes me, you know, get to the place where they're like, well, this is just irresistible. Yeah, we need to have somebody who's not just a speaker, but it's going to do a little bit more. More than that, yes. So do you have a certain, like, an aha moment in your life that happened? Yes. Um, in 2008, I was laid off when the economy was bad from selling luxury advertising. And I had to reinvent myself and learn how to sell digital ads. Okay. And then I got rehired back by Condé Nast and ended up winning salesperson of the year. Cool, awesome. And the, the big aha for me was I'm the same person, whether I'm being laid off or winning this award. Yeah. And that we, who we are is bigger than that, any one thing happening to us, and that we can get off the self esteem roller coaster yeah. of only feeling good if things are going well and bad if they're not. Exactly. Uh, jobs doesn't define anyone. Correct. Our identity is yeah. bigger than that. Ranking and, doesn't de- define anyone. Uh, you define you. Exactly. Exactly. So if you like had to start all over again, if you had nothing right now, what would you do? I would start a podcast. Really? It's been the, one of the best ways to um, create content, cool. to get to know people who can help and to learn from other guests. Awesome. Awesome. Love love having you here on the Success Great podcast. Awesome. Yeah. So... You know, as entrepreneurs in general, we all have like some kind of fears. To be honest with me, I didn't want to be like on a video calls, but I started thinking, why not? What do I have to lose? Exactly. So what, what, what's holding entrepreneurs back from doing their thing? Well, I think there's really three fears. 
Yeah. And I had them when I started my podcast. So really? oh. uh, the first fear was the fear of rejection. Mm-hmm. You know, if I invite some big famous person like Kevin Harrington from Shark Tank to be on and yeah, oh, yeah, I saw that. It's awesome. I listened to a little bit. I will continue listening to it later. Yeah, I just thought, you know, he's probably going to say no. If, if <laughs> we don't have many episodes right away. But my key there is don't take rejection personally. Yeah. And then the second fear I had was um, the fear of failure. Well, what if I do it? Nobody listens. And um, one of my guests said, you know, failure is just feedback. Keep going until you get a zombie idea so great it won't die. Exactly. And that goes back to your own fear of failure. It's like, you don't have to be perfect. Just do it and it'll get better. And then the final fear I had was the fear of the unknown. I don't know how to edit a podcast or promote it on YouTube. But the way to overcome that fear is don't go it alone. So I have a company now that does everything for me and I just give them the interview. And and I think that's, you know, so the fear of rejection, don't reject yourself. Fear of failure, it's just feedback. The fear of the unknown, don't go it alone. Yeah, exactly. I actually related to these the three when I watched your TEDx talk because I, I kind of had it. But I thought to myself, yeah, uh, the only thing that you actually have to do is just start now. Take action. Take massive action. That And yeah. uh, what happens, happens. And eventually it will turn out to be good. And it did for me now, uh, speaking from this podcast. I didn't expect yeah. that. <laughs> I'm yeah started, otherwise we wouldn't be talking yeah exactly awesome so my final question is what one takeaway should be taken from our episode here today in your opinion i would say the big takeaway is that when you tug at people's heartstrings they open the purse strings and the best way to do that is to tell a story awesome concise <laughs> <laughs> Okay, awesome. Thank you, John, for being here with me today. Do you have any, uh, can you tell us about your website? If the people yes, want- sure. If anyone's um, a coach or a professional services company, you know, feeling like they're stuck in the sea of sameness and want to explore working with me, I have a private online course experience where they get to practice what they've learned in the course with me. Um, they can just go to my website. It's called Revenue Rockstar Mastery. The sale is in the tail, T-A-L-E. Yeah. And, um, you know, if obviously someone's interested in um, having me speak to their team, they can also reach out to me through my website, johnlivesay.com. And if you can't remember any of that, just Google the Pitch Whisperer. <laughs> you awesome. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. I will definitely have links uh, everywhere as I can. Awesome. Thank you, John, for being here with me today on The Grid. Awesome. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Success Grid. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. And if you found value in the show, rate and leave a review on iTunes. For more resources, visit successgrid.net. Until next time.